Irene Barton, Executive Director of the Cobb Collaborative, and I welcome you to Mind Your Mind Speaks. This is a podcast series that brings together subject matter experts and community leaders to help raise awareness, share resources, and inspire action through recorded conversations about our three initiatives. Today, we are delighted to welcome Sherry Martin to the podcast. Sherry is the president of the Cobb Community Foundation and a true champion for our community. Sherry, welcome. And let's start by asking you to share a little bit about yourself with our listeners. Sure, Irene, and I am delighted to be here. So I am almost an Atlanta native. We moved down here when I was four months old, but I grew up uh, in the Sandy Springs area. I uh, still obviously am in Metro Atlanta and I have a wonderful husband who is a love of my life, Tom. I have two sons, Michael and Matthew, who are 27 and 25. And one is married, one is not, but hopefully we'll soon be getting engaged. Um, and I am really looking forward to someday being a grandmother. I don't know that they're looking forward to being fathers, but I am really looking forward to being a grandmother someday. <laughs> uh, well, family is so important, right, Sherry? Absolutely. It's everything. Yes. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself. And heck, at four months old, you're definitely a native. We moved here in 91. And I say, if you were here before the Olympics, you can say you were a native. (laughs) (laughs) So Sherry, you were the president of the Cobb Community Foundation. And so let's start our conversation by exploring that. I just love your mission. So let's start with that. And if you could also tie in how you came to be the president of the foundation. Sure, sure. So our whole purpose for existing is to help everyone in and around Cobb County to thrive. And we do that by inspiring charitable giving, creating resources for the future, and connecting donors who care with causes that matter. And that is our mission statement, but we live it every day. And we really believe that by doing what we do, we are able to help those who want to give or serve charitably to do it with greater impact. And that's because we really have our finger on the pulse of what's going on in Cobb County and what the needs are and who's doing what. And frankly, a big part of that is our relationship with you at the Cobb Collaborative. Um, So we We love what we do. There is nothing that is more rewarding than helping someone help someone else. Mm -hmm. And we get to do that every day. Um, So the way I um, ended up in this role is I actually had another career before this one. I was in the wealth management world. And around 2015, I had been in that world for almost 30 years. So yes, I started when I was 12. Absolutely. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and, and I had had a great career and loved my clients and loved my coworkers, but it wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my working years. And I figured I, I had quite a few ahead of me. Um, But if I was going to do something different, I needed to get started. So I was very fortunate that I was in the position where I could um, take a year to figure out what was next. 
And it just so happened that I had actually been serving on the board of Cobb Community Foundation since 2012. And so the year I took off was 2016. And during that year, um, that happened to be my year to serve as board chair. And so I was working very closely with my predecessor, Tommy Allegood, who many of your listeners may know is also the mayor of Ashworth. Mm-hmm. And um, Tommy told me that he knew what I needed to be when I grew up. <laughs> and that was um, to take on his role. He had been in that role for five years and loved every minute of it, but was ready to get back to focusing on mayoring. Mm-hmm. Um, and after I picked my job off the floor, um, <laughs> had a lot of conversation with my husband and family, uh, a lot of prayer, a lot of conversation with the board. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they like the idea. And so here I am. And um, it's it's been great. It's been the hardest job that I've ever had in my life. I never thought that I could work harder than I did before. Uh, but it's also the most rewarding position that I've ever held. Well, you and I have had plenty of <laughs> conversations around that. The work oh, is yes. 24-7. Yep. But it is very... Um, very rewarding for sure. So, um, and talk just a minute, Sherry, about community foundations. There Mm -hmm. are more than a handful across Georgia, correct? Yes. 13. There are 13 community foundations in the state of Georgia, and there are over a thousand in the country and even more now worldwide. But every community foundation is a 501c3 public charity, which simply means that it has a lot of different sources for its revenues. Most community foundations, and this applies to us, don't have what we call boots on the ground. We're not out actually serving, but what we are trying to do is help those who want to give by helping them create different kinds of charitable funds. Some of your um, that listeners may be familiar with donor advice funds. Those actually mm-hmm. started at community foundations. Um, and so we help folks create charitable funds so they can give much more efficiently. But then we also are working in the community to understand what the nonprofits are doing um, so we can provide some great guidance on how and to whom to give But the other thing that we do is we all do it at different degrees, but we tend to work behind the scenes with community leaders and organizations to try to make necessary change happen. And that is the hardest part of the job, but probably the most important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can't always rely on, well, because we've always done it that way. That's right. Progress is not made. Um, systems change does not occur. We don't break cycles of generational issues that need to be addressed in our community if we don't do that hard behind the scenes work. So that's right. That's right. And it is, it is hard work, (laughs) but it's necessary. Exactly. Well, thank you for all of the work that you do, all of the hours that you put in. So, um, Perhaps our main topic of conversation today, something very exciting, and many of our listeners and our stakeholders in Cobb may be familiar familiar with the Cobb Collaborative's annual Volunteer of the Year Mm -hmm. and Professional of the Year nomination and award process, and we're excited to be kicking that off again for 
another year and so excited that we will be able to be in person. That virtual year was, while it was fun, it was not nearly as much fun, right? But this year, we are thrilled to add a new area of recognition thanks to the Community Foundation. It's the Howard Kepke Collaborative Spirit Award. So Sherry, let's learn more about the man that this award is named for. You worked very closely with Howard and really got to know him during 2020, maybe even before. I'm not sure. I want to know. Tell mm-hmm. us more um, so we can learn more about, about Howard and about the award. Absolutely. Um, I love talking about Howard Kepke. So <laughs> ha- Howard and I first met um, when he was facilitating a meeting for a group called South Cobb United. This was a group of community leaders that had been brought together by Noonday Association, who Howard had started working with, had not been there for very long. Um, But they brought these community leaders together to help identify what were some of the, um, not just services that were needed, but change that, that was needed in that community, and how could they go about that change. And we had just rolled out the study that we had done of of Cobb County, the human needs assessment um, that's available on our website, by the way, Mm -hmm. um, that helped to identify what many of the challenges were that were facing South Cobb and had some specific recommendations on how to address them. So I was thrilled that this um, group was coming together. So that is how I first met Howard. And um, we just we hit it off. We both have um, this, this view that if, if you can dream it, it can happen, which sometimes um, got him in trouble and gets me in trouble still. <laughs> but um, that was just kind of the, the philosophy that, you know, you, you can make it happen. Mm-hmm. And um, very shortly after he and I got to know each other, COVID hit. And uh, as you will recall, because you were one of my first phone calls, yeah. um, we um, um, jointly with the Cobb Collaborative and United Way tried to pull together some key people in the community to really serve as the communication point for certain verticals within the nonprofit world. So one of them was housing and financial assistance. One was food. And that's where we asked Howard to be on point. We had the educational systems as, as part of the process. We had the, um, the um, health department as part of the process. And the whole idea was let's identify some folks because there really wasn't a formal structure in place, but let's identify some folks who we know are well-respected, who can serve in a role of coordination and communication, but aren't going to be threatening in that role at all, that everyone implicitly trusts. And Howard was just that kind of person. Um, you knew early on in your relationship that nothing was about Howard. Mm-hmm. Everything was about the community and helping everyone. And everyone was everyone. And it didn't matter, you know, what, what color you were, where you lived, what language you spoke. If you needed help, he was gonna make it happen. And it didn't also matter who was providing that help. The, the big um, point for Howard, and, and I loved this about him, was 
that it's, it's not about I, it's not about my, it's about we, what can we do together? And so he took that role on and um, very soon he and I both learned about the Farmers to Families program, which was uh, the program um, through the, oh, I just went blank. What's government the USDA? Yes, USDA, thank you. Mm -hmm. Through the USDA where they basically were um, working with farmers and food distributors to stop um, food from having to be tilled under and the crops and milk being poured down the drain. And so they rolled out this program where they were going to have food distributors distribute food to communities in need. And that all sounds wonderful, but the logistics of that can be a nightmare. And so we wanted to figure out, okay, how can we bring this to Cobb? And we knew that one of the only ways that we were gonna be able to make sure that this food came to our community was to make it easy for those food distributors because they were making very little money. And if they were expected to go deliver 10 pallets of food here and five pallets there and two pallets there, that's not an attractive client to that food distributor. They needed to know that they could meet their objective of getting that food distributed as broadly as possible with frankly, as few stops as possible. So Howard started calling on the folks that he knew and I started calling on the folks that I knew. And, mm -hmm. and pretty soon we had uh, the Brave Stadium secured as our first distribution site. And they uh, allowed us to use their refrigerator and uh, we got a, a refrigerated truck that um, um, we used as a freezer that was parked in their loading dock and uh, SA White Oil fueled that truck um, and others for gosh, 16 months. And uh, Howard coordinated with every organization we could identify in Cobb County that distributed food. It was churches, it was big nonprofits, it was small nonprofits, it was schools. And he managed the logistics of getting the food distributor to bring it to, starting off with um, Truist Park, ultimately at the Galleria mm -hmm. um, and the Cobb Energy Center. And he coordinated um, probably 10 to 15 different nonprofits that had refrigerated trucks who would come pick up the food and take that food to a total of over 60 different locations. And over a year and a half, um, it was 168,000 boxes of food that went out in Cobb that I firmly believe would never have made it to our community if it weren't for working together mm -hmm. the, way, the way we did. And Howard was just instrumental in that. Like I said, he was one of these people that... Um, you knew immediately that you could trust him. And uh, one of the ways that he did that was he was all about relationships. And he took the, his role very seriously of being able to coordinate or, or basically serve as a communication point for all of the food nonprofits and before the food fleet, which is what we called mm -hmm. this uh, initiative. Um, but before that even got started, he 
was he would literally travel from one organization to the other throughout Cobb County to see firsthand what that organization was doing, how they were doing it, how many people they were serving, but most importantly, to ask the question, how can we help you? Mm. And everyone knew that yeah. he was genuine with that. So. So that's how I got to know Howard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and now your board has chosen to honor this giving yes. legacy, this yes. man with this wonderful award. So yes. talk with us a little bit more about the actual award and what okay. is the selection committee looking for? Okay, so um, Howard passed away um, in October of 2021 and he, he had just done so much. We had to honor him. We absolutely had to honor him. And what Howard helped everyone to see, clearer, I think, than anyone had ever seen it before, was what could be accomplished when you work together, what could be accomplished when you truly collaborated. And he just created that understanding and, and um, we saw what could happen. And so for that reason, we created the um, Howard Kepke Collaborative Spirit Award. And we are looking for organizations that are nominated by other organizations. This isn't one where you apply for yourself. Um, the idea is other organizations um, would nominate a nonprofit organization that is serving in COP for this award. And what we are looking for is an organization that its essence is collaboration. Not that I we refer people or not that we work with another organization from time to time, but we are looking, frankly, to recognize, and there might be little grant money attached to it, but we're looking to recognize um, and honor an organization that understands that we can accomplish so much more together than we can alone. And I'm not gonna try as an organization to provide everything myself, to do it all myself. I'm gonna identify what I do best and what are the strengths that I bring to the table. And then I'm gonna identify those other organizations who have other complementary strengths where when we come together, um, two plus two doesn't equal four, it equals 10. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're looking for. And I am thrilled to be uh, working once again, and still, because we never really stopped, <laughs> working with you and uh, Nicole Lawson of United Way uh, for um, North, Northwest Metro. I, yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> And um, so we've asked organizations to submit their, um, we've created a nomination form and I'll tell you in a minute how to get there, um, but we've created a nomination form and you and Nicole and I will be reviewing all of those and uh, we'll be selecting uh, the organization that we believe best embodies the Howard Kepke Collaborative Spirit and cannot wait to see these applications and then honor that organization at your luncheon on December 7th. Yeah, I'm excited too um, about this opportunity. A little, um, well, I'm very flattered to be 
part of the on the ground floor. Um, and so thank you for including the collaborative in that. And Absolutely. so yeah, let's um, we've got it up on uh, I believe a blog post went live on yep. from our website and yes. I bet people can find it through your communications Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. So if you go to our website, um, it is uh, posted as a blog, but the easiest way to get there is just from the homepage, scroll to the bottom, and on the bottom right, you'll see a blurb that talks about the Howard Cupcake Lab at Spirit Award. And if you click on that, it will describe the award and then also provide a link for how to go online and complete the nomination form. Excellent. Well, very exciting. I know I'm looking forward to celebrating that organization as well as our other legacy award nominees yes. Um, yes. on December 7th. And folks can go ahead and um, reserve their spot for that great event. It will be at Piedmont Church Conference Center this year on December 7th, as Sherry said. So, um, And we actually even included within our... Um, our blog post um, that a link to the registration form for that as well. Ah, super. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Sherry, as our time wraps up, is there anything that we didn't have a chance to talk about that we, you wanted to express? Um, I think the one thing that I would say is it's just been such an honor to work with you and so many others and, and to be able to work alongside the nonprofits that truly are, um, have the boots on the ground and are making a difference every day. It is such an honor um, to be able to work alongside and to serve. And I'm just, I'm grateful for that opportunity. And I'm grateful to you for uh, allowing us to share more about this particular award. So thank you. Well, a pleasure and right back at you with all of the, um, you know, it's a pleasure to serve alongside. So thank you for the opportunity. And listeners, thank you for tuning in today. And to be sure that you don't miss any future episodes, please subscribe to our Mind Your Mind Speaks podcast. Also, we ask that you leave us a review on Apple. So please tune in next time as we continue to share information, resources, data, all in order to empower and engage our community. Thank you.